I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 real quick. I'm not going to keep you too long uh, this morning because, you know, I want you to spend time with your family. And uh, I want you to know something, though. Jesus loves you. And no man ever loved you like Jesus. Amen. No one ever gave the greatest sacrifice like Jesus. No one ever paid the ultimate price like Jesus. Amen. This is a day to praise him, right? This is a day to worship him. To talk about him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To talk about the king of kings and the Lord of lords who gave his life for us. You know, I'll be honest with you, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the troubles of this world. I want to talk about Jesus this morning. <laughs> Seriously. You can turn the TV on, they got every dark thing you can think of. Man, everybody's fighting, everybody's hating each other and wrestling and trying to control one another. And pride and hate and selfishness is abounding more and more. But I want to talk about Jesus this morning. Amen. I want to talk about what he's done. Amen. We're living in a time where the gospel is not being preached. You know, they're they're going to talk about him right today. They're going to talk about what he did at Calvary. They're going to talk about him dying on the cross. But you know what? Most people don't know what the resurrection is really about. I want to preach a message, the testimony for the resurrection this morning. And I believe today if we examine, and many have done it. There's been studies. They went through history. They said the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most proven event in history. Some people try to disprove it. They take the Bible. They take historians. They take Josephus, Philo. This is all historians that wrote. And they say they come up with a conclusion that to go to disprove Jesus' resurrection, they end up believing in it because the evidence is abounding, praise God. And I want to bring out some points this morning because I find today that we're putting our faith completely in a man that rose again 2,000 years ago. Come on, somebody. Rising out of the grave. And ascending up into heaven. I mean, he was dead. But the Lord rose him up again. Jesus said, like, I have power to lay down my life. And I have power to rise it up again. That's what the Bible teaches, okay? Now, what proof is there? Well, let me show you something. I'll read something out of, out of 1 Corinthians. First one. Paul, has, Paul was declaring a gospel. The gospel, not a gospel, because a gospel means there's more than one. But the gospel means there's one. It's more precise in teaching us that Jesus is the only way. There ain't no other gospel. Paul said, if somebody come unto you preaching any other gospel which you have received from us, let him be a curse. So that you can't receive anything other than Jesus this morning. Are you, you too narrow-minded? Listen, somebody asks me, do you think you got the only way? Yes, I got the only way. Well, what about the Buddhists and, and, and the Muslims? They're lost. They're not going to heaven. Hallelujah. I don't care who don't like it. I had one little fella came to my office in Lafayette one day. Listen, he's a Muslim. I didn't know. And because he had come about some stuff with me before. And look, the most meekest little fella, I mean, I'd have never thought. And he told me he was a Muslim. I said, let me tell you something. You ain't going to heaven without Jesus. And he blew up. But Alan, he got so mad at me. Listen, he left. He was furious. And I thought he was going to get some of his buddies to blow me off the map. Because they do that, you know. And he got angry at me 
Because I said, Jesus is the only way. You ain't going to heaven without Jesus. Well, I'm a this and I'm a that, and I don't care what you are, praise God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hell. If you don't testify and identify with his death and burial and resurrection, you're not going to heaven. Uh Uh-oh. And I know people listen on the internet, and I'm not going to apologize for it. There is only one way, and that's Jesus. I said, there is only one way, and that's Jesus. Now, I want to read a little bit to you, and I want to share something with you this morning. Verse uh, 1 in chapter 15. Most whoever, brother, and I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you stand. <laughs> you heard what I just said a minute about Jesus is done? That's where I stand. That's, that's the foundation. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The death and burial and resurrection. The sacrifice he made at Calvary. That's it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Some people are looking. Oh, I'm looking for another uh, revelation. You can't look for no revelation. There ain't none. There is nothing that you can add to what I just read. The gospel by which you stand. What is the gospel? The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's the gospel. That's the only. That's what this church has to stand on. That's what you got to stand on. That's what I got to stand on. We go out and try to preach some other gospel. We're lying. We're deceivers. There's no other gospel. One way. The blood. (laughs) One way. Jesus. And you know, people might be listening to us right now. They're probably getting angry at me. But I don't care. I can't preach nothing other than what God gave me and what he said in his word. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but through me. Yes, I do have the only way, Yvette. I don't have to apologize for it. He is the only way. And he goes on in verse 2, by which you also are saved. What are you saved by? The gospel. What is the gospel? The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repenting of your sins, accepting what he did at Calvary. That's the gospel. There's no other gospel. Why don't you preach something else? There ain't nothing else. Come on. Don't you believe what Joseph Smith said? No, I don't believe he's a deceiver. He lied. He dies. He's dies in hell today because of his deception. My Lord, <laughs> don't you believe what Muhammad said? No, he's a liar. He's in hell today because of his deception. Men don't impress me with their philosophies and their, their doctrinal. If it ain't in the word, it ain't, there, it ain't God. Can I say something? If this church today doesn't operate in the Holy Ghost, it ain't God's church. Uh-oh. If this church is not... Led by the Spirit. If this church is not filled with the Holy Ghost, it's not God's church. If it's not founded upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not God's church. But why don't we do like other people? Why don't we have Christian yoga programs in the church? And why don't we have purpose-driven life? This is not of God. There's nothing about that that brings people closer to God. It's pagan in nature. We honor his resurrection today, but Easter is a pagan holiday. It's not Christian. Easter is where you get the name Esther, 
which is uh, the queen of the Babylonians, where she, an egg, so say, crashed on the shores of the uh, Euphrates River, and, and, and Esther came out. Well, that's what they believe. And that's why, listen, that's why the king named Hadassus, which was Esther. We, we got her name in the Bible. She's got a book. Well, they renamed her a Babylonian name, which was after the goddess Esther, or Easter. But the resurrection is not pagan. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This, he did rise about this time of the year. He was set up about this. And listen, I'm going to honor his resurrection today, praise God, because the Bible says to do that, to do that in remembrance of him. That's what we did a while ago. Honor his resurrection. Amen. You, are you learning something this morning? <laughs> okay. He says here in verse 3, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I have received, and that Christ died for our sins according to the what? The Scriptures. He died according to the Scriptures, according to the Word of God. All right? And if you go read Isaiah 56, that, that'll, that'll, that'll tell you a lot about, about, about Jesus' uh, you know, the death, and he offered himself, and you just go ahead and read. And Isaiah 53, you know what I'm saying? He came. He was, he, was, he, was the, he was the one that the Lord sent to redeem us. John the Baptist was the prophet that was set to prepare the way before the Lord. And he came in the spirit of Elijah. Come on, somebody. Jesus came to pay the ultimate price. Listen, I'm not going to keep you that long this morning, believe me. But there's something about that crucifixion, that resurrection. That is the most important event ever in the in history of mankind. Because that settled the redemption of man's souls right there. Without that, we, sh we, 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 we shouldn't even have in church. Without the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, this church would be purposeless. We can come up with a religion. But everybody's going to hell. Come on, somebody. The foundation of the death and burial and resurrection of Christ set up the foundation for the church. Why would we want to preach something else? Men won't even mention the cross. Some of them in the prosperity call the cross the worst defeat in history. That man needs to get saved. Come on, who would make a statement like that and call himself a Christian? How could the worst defeat in history redeem our souls? That's stupid. We were redeemed because of the cross. We were redeemed because of the, what Jesus did at Calvary. Worst is defeat in history? Oh, man, I tell you what, I like to have a few words with that guy. How could the worst is defeat in history save my soul and redeem me for eternal life? How is that, how is that possible? Because they don't have no reverence for the cross. They have no reverence for the, for the, the resurrection. They don't have no reverence for the things of God. Deceived is a big word. It's right. <laughs> it is right. For he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Verse 4. Excuse me. And he was seen by Cephas and by the twelve. So, see, God didn't leave himself without a testimony. 
Jesus didn't leave himself. He appeared to the 12 apostles. Well, suppose they were lying. Well, I'll tell you what. I looked at that and I said, why would somebody give up his life for a lie? These disciples all died other than John, a natural death, for a lie? They gave up their lives. Was put to death for a lie. Would you put, your de- put yourself to death for a lie? History says every one of them other than John died a martyr's death. Would you put yourself to death for a lie? How could it not be true? And we know the Gospels, especially the four Gospels, are written with these men of God. And, and they know, they die knowing. Now, wait a minute. That's not it. That's not all. He says... And he says, and, and after he was seen by over 500 brothers at once, 500 people saw him alive after his death. Come on, somebody. You go back, I think it's in the book of Matthew, talks about even some rose from the dead, came out of the grave. And they walked around and, and the people saw him. But 500 people saw him after he rose. And gave the testimony, yes, he is alive. So you got the 12 apostles. You got 500 testimonies. Now, you remember when, when uh, the high priest told actually, uh, Pharaoh, oh, not Pharaoh, oh, I forgot his name, <laughs> the Roman leader, Pontius Pilate, <laughs> okay, Pontius Pilate says, listen, this man told people he was coming out of the, he was going to rise three days after. So you need to go and put guards, Roman guards, at the, at the grave because his disciples are going to come and steal his body and say he rose again. So people said, that's what happened. They stole his body. But would you go like chicken like these disciples were, hiding, scared for their lives. Go take on some Roman soldiers and throw them out the way and get his body and leave with it? That don't make any sense. (laughs) And the Bible says that when Christ rose again, some of these men that were guarding the tomb, they felt like dead men. And they went and told the high priest what had happened. Because if they would have told the leader, Pontius Pilate, they'd have had them all killed. Because if something, they were protecting something and somebody took their body, took the body, the, the, uh, Pontius Pilate would have killed them. They said, no, he said, take this money. Just say his disciples stole his body. And that's what the same thing they're telling people today. Still living a lie. Won't acknowledge his great resurrection. Would you go steal his body? Scared out of your wits? They were looking for them disciples. They wanted to kill them. They were hiding. But he rose again. <laughs> Wicked men, Roman soldiers testified what had happened. But they still rejected him. The testimony for the resurrection is on. You can't argue with it. It happened. All right? Because men have testified. That's why we got the great gospel we hear. Men left and received that testimony and went and preached the gospel. How many of them 500 became preachers? 
How many, how many of these men went out and won souls and testified of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Oh, another argument. I forgot about that one. I'll tell you this. Well, Jesus wasn't really dead. Listen, he was just, I mean, you, you read the Bible story. I mean, it's the, 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 the thing of his crucifixion and what they'd done to him. So he wasn't really dead. So he was just passed out. So, so he, they, they put him in a tomb and he, he all of a sudden he got up and, and he walked to the, to the door and he rolled that big old stone by himself. He, blood, <laughs> no more blood in his body. The Bible said he pierced his side. The water and blood came out. <laughs> Come on. They drove nails through his hands. You think he could move a stone? <laughs> Jesus said himself, into thy hands I commend my spirit and he died. <laughs> beaten to, to the pile. I mean, he's, he's, he's torn to pieces. How are you going to roll that big stone? I mean, you ought to see them things. Go look at the things in here. Them things are humongous, tons. I mean, it take three or four or five men to roll them and put them in place. But Jesus did it. He just got out after losing all his blood and after being beaten, thorns on his head and whipped, with his whip back. He just moved them out of the way. What a lie, huh? Does that make sense to you? No, he rose from the dead. And he sits on the right hand of God. You better thank God in heaven he did it. You better thank God in heaven that he rose from the dead. Because you wouldn't be going to heaven without that. You better hold that to your heart. Hold it as the faith of your life. How you end up when you die. You better make sure it's on the foundation of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. I want to make a promise to y'all, and, and that's between me and the Lord and y'all. I don't want to ever preach nothing but Jesus, and I'm going to do it here, okay? As long as God permits me to pastor this church, it's going to be Jesus Christ and him crucified and the great power of his resurrection. I mean, that has to be. I'm saying Paul brought it out so much because I think the disciples, even though they were born again, spirit-filled, they hadn't really had the concept of, of the cross. They knew he had died for their sins, but Paul brought a better revelation of what the cross is about. It brought, he brought the revelation of sanctification. Not that wooden beam. You know what I'm saying? That's not what, he's, what he was talking about. He's talking about the sacrifice that he made at the cross. The great sacrifice. That was the foundation of our faith. Come on, somebody, really? That is what we believe. Yes. That's, what, that's what we set our feet upon. That's where we stand. If you're trying to stand on something else, it's shaking, shaky ground. It's, it's wet sand. You're going to sink. Without the foundation of the cross, you're standing on quicksand. You're going to sink. Remember the story Jesus told about, you know, about the man that built his house upon the rock, the sand? And, and, you know, he builds his house, and, and the rains and winds come, and the house falls because it was founded upon the sand, and it sunk. But those that build upon the rock is those that hear the word of God and do it. And they build their, that, that rock is Jesus. That rock is what he did at Calvary 2,000 years ago. That's the foundation where we stand. We had went to Pensacola, Florida, me and Janice and the kids one year. And I'm looking, look, Ray, seriously, bro, white sand all along that beach. And they're building these big, humongous buildings on that sand. I said, how? How's that? But they got to drill down. They got to get down when it's hard. They just don't build a, 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 a structure on top of sand. 
They got to remove the sand. They got to get where it's hard, where they can put the building so it don't sink. And I thought about it. The Lord brought that to me when I saw all I said. I said, man, look at this. I said, the Holy Ghost will speak to you wherever you're at. And I'm talking about some fancy stuff. I mean, fancy buildings, man. Are fancy. You know what I'm saying? It, it won't stand, right? Seriously, you can't build it on the sand. Jesus Christ is our rock. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let me read some more to you uh, in verse 5. And he was seen by Cephas and by the twelve. And after he was seen by five hundred brethren at once. Whom the greater part remain till this present time. So when Paul writes, a lot of them were still alive, but some of them had died. And after that, he was seen by James and then the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Paul testified, I seen him. Remember on the road to Damascus? The Lord appeared to him. He said, what are you doing, Paul? It's hard for you to kick against a prick. He is going to Damascus to have all these Christians arrested. Have some of them killed and put in jail. But the Lord met. How many had a road to Damascus experience? <laughs> you were living your life the way you thought it was, and God met you. Praise God on that road. Amen. Amen. He met you on that road. He said, what are you doing? Why are you fighting me? You know what a prick was? A prick was something that the, uh, a shepherd would use to drive the sheep with. And, 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 and the shepherd had to poke them sometimes because they didn't want to listen. <laughs> he had to poke them and drive them with that staff. That, 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 uh, that prick, they call it. That's what I got. It was just, just something to drive the sheep. Don't want to move? I'll, I'll make you move. I'll poke you. <laughs> I got poked a lot of time. I got a lot of holes in my, my back. <laughs> and you know what? God, and you know what I learned as he pokes, I'm going, but I'll fight him. You, know? you, you, you ever done that? God's telling someone, I just don't want. You know, I just don't. I, I ain't going to do it. I'll go to heaven with you, God, but I ain't going to listen. <laughs> uh, seriously. <laughs> Come on, Larry. <laughs> I always have a picture because I want to preach on the Lord is my shepherd. I preached that years ago about how a shepherd takes care of his sheep. And listen, there's some things a shepherd does. Listen, he, I got done too. <laughs> I've had a few broken legs. I got a few pokes, a few <laughs> whips. <laughs> but he said, last of all, I've seen in me. Now, I want to, I want to, I, there's an Old Testament scripture that came to my mind. I was telling Janice about it, out of, out of Zechariah, Zechariah. You don't have to turn there, but it was about when Jesus returns, okay? And the Jews today rejecting Jesus as their Messiah. <laughs> A lot of churches rejected him. But he's going to come back, and he's going to come right on that white horse, okay? And, 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 and the church is going to be, the uh, church or the saints are going to be following him. That's going to be us. Us is a event. Us is, I said that. Listen, I had a good time Thursday night. <laughs> I, I was trying to explain us as uses. We some uses. But anyway, we were going to be behind him riding with, on the white horses. And the Bible says that he's going to come and he's going to set his foot back on the same spot from which he took off. You know, on the Mount of Olive. And an Old Testament 
when I was studying that, it says when he's going to set his foot down, the land's going to split. And things are going to happen. And, and they're going to see. They're going to see those nail prints. Because one thing that Jesus never got rid of when he was glorified was God left the nail prints there. And the Jews are going to look at it and say, who is this? And what are these wounds in his hands? And let me tell you something. That is before Jesus was even born, was prophesied. They're going to look at it and say, man, how? who is this? My trip. Who is this? What glory is this being possessed? He, he's, what are these nails in his hands? These, these, these prints in his nails of his hands, these wounds. He said, this is where I got in the house of my friends. What he met, the house of those that supposed to have received me. My family, my Jewish brother. Mm. And he's coming and they're going to see that and they're going to weep. And wow, they're going to say, how could we have rejected him all these years? Here he's coming back. He's risen, y'all. He's coming. Oh, I feel the presence of God. He's coming back. That nail, the spear in his side still there, right? Because when he rose, when he appeared to the disciples, Thomas didn't believe. So when he appeared against said, Thomas, put your hand in my side. Put your fingers in my nail prints in my hand. They're still there. And they're going to be there for eternity. I don't personally believe those wounds and that stuff is ever going to heal. Because God's going to give a testimony. You remember the price I paid for your sins? You remember what I done? Come on, Jesus. You remember what I done for you? You remember the life I gave for you? My Lord Jesus. And they're going to cry out and they're going to wail. And they're going to say, who is this? He's the risen king. He's Jesus. He's the Messiah. The one we've been rejected for 2,000 years. Here he is. It's him. My Lord. What are these wounds in his hands? Hallelujah. Turn with me to uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Seriously, I want you to have a good day today, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me see if I got my right spot. Uh, chapter 4, verses 14. I like this verse, okay? Listen, I can't in my own emphasize and bring out enough. I'm just a, a, a vessel, a crackpot. <laughs> <laughs> a crackpot, but so I can hold a little bit of water. I need to patch it. <laughs> What's that stuff they sell now? That's flex reel. I gotta need a flex reel. <laughs> okay. Chapter four, verse fourteen. The first Thessalonians says, "For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so." God will bring with him those who sleep. And he talked about the dead. And then Paul was having an argument. Well, what about those that have died? You know, before he comes back. 
But Jesus made it very clear, or Paul made it very clear to the Spirit that the dead in Christ shall rise first. My Lord. And them which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, comfort each other with these words daily. Tell somebody, tell a brother and sister, Jesus is coming back. We're going to meet him in the air. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall, he, he's risen. Hallelujah. He's not dead. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for me and you. I'm, I believe in the pre-trip. I believe in going before the tribulation period. I believe that. I don't care who says. You don't know what you're talking about. I believe it. He says, right now, I've got to meet him in the air. He says, he's going to come back. I'm going to meet him in the air. Amen. So I'm not going to meet him on the earth. <laughs> so he's coming back. There's no, listen, I, I, don't believe, I, I, I got a lady mad at me one time. I said, there's no promise we're not going to have to die before Jesus comes back. You know why? They've been all waiting for the same thing we've been waiting for through history. A lot of Christians lost their bodies and heads and thrown the lions. I mean, murdered in some of the most awful ways. They were waiting for the same thing we were waiting for. I don't like people to get comfortable and say, well, I'll never suffer anything. That's not true. You could very well die before Jesus comes back. We don't know what's going to happen. God has to purchase church. And a lot of times it takes persecution or <coughs> trials to make the church right. Okay. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it for you. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, And God had both raised him up of the Lord and will also raise, him, raise us up by his own power. So he's saying Jesus was raised up. Where was Jesus? He was raised up. He's in glory with the Lord. But we're going to be raised the same way. <laughs> We're going to take on a new body. We're going to take on a glorified state. We're not going to have these old sick, bald spot heads, wrinkled faces, corona bodies or whatever we got. <laughs> We're going to be healed. We're going to be blessed. Our bodies are going to be glorified. There won't be none of that anymore. Jesus is in glory right now with a glorified body. You're going to get one. Because he promised he's coming back for his church. And he's going to take them up and they're going to take on a new form. A, a glorified, an uncorrupted body. Never, ever to see death again. Come on, somebody. Never to die. Never to get sick. No pain. No, no, no glasses. No, no, no backaches, Henry. <laughs> No, none of that. I mean, the, the most horrible thing that man experienced today is all gone. As a Christian, you'll be perfect. Amen. Nothing will make a difference anymore. Sin won't have an effect on you anymore. Sickness won't have an effect on you anymore. You're going to be raised up a new creature in Christ. You're going to come up just like Jesus. Amen. The Bible said it don't yet appear what we're going to be. But when we know he comes, we're going to be like him. So the, the thing between him and him coming back, we got a devil we got to deal with. See, he wants to tell you today, oh, Jesus never rose from the dead. That's the biggest lie he can tell you. Because it is one of the greatest, and like I said, atheist people that became Christians after they studied the resurrection of Jesus. They went through history. They, it's, 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 it's the greatest event ever uh, been, to be proven. 
The greatest event that ever happened. They can't deny Jesus rose from the dead. Come on, somebody. Why would these men, why would all these Christians lose their lives for a God that, that never rose? The Bible says, I'm going to close in a little bit because I don't keep it too long. I'm going to quote it. If he never rose from the dead, we're yet in our sin. Your, your, your faith is vain. Paul said it. If you, he never rose again, this is useless. He said, go live your life. Do what you want to do. Because today, tomorrow we'll be dead. If Jesus never rose from the dead, we are you wasting our time this morning. You better see in your heart if that's what you believe. I believe it. I, I hold my faith to it. And I thought about that over and over again. There has to be somewhere where sin had to be paid for. You study all other religions, especially things outside of Christianity. There's no offer of repentance. There's no offer of eternal life. Outside of biblical Christianity, where we believe in Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross and, and his great resurrection. Amen? How many believe that? Amen. Listen, you have to believe it. You know why you got to believe it? Because you ain't going to heaven without it. Come on, somebody. See, the resurrection can't save you. But you ain't getting to heaven without it. Because if you don't believe it, you, you don't believe in the fu fundamental doctrines of this book. You can wipe out the blood and all that stuff. If he just died and they put him in a the grave, then that's the end of it. But Lord, no, it's not the end of it. <laughs> Let me read you a few more scriptures, okay? Don't have to turn it. Close your Bible. Because I don't want to keep you too long today. I know some of y'all want to spend time with your family, okay? And I, I respect that. <laughs> Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Oh, the what? I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And it also goes in the fellowship of his suffering. What does that mean? It means you might have to suffer for that faith you're holding on to, praise God. You might have to suffer for what you believe. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to experience in my faith, what he went through. Because you can't get, you, do you accept that? Faith in the, the, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're lost. Anybody. I don't care if they go to church 50 years. I don't care if they sing in the choir. I don't care if they're preachers or pastors or priests. I don't care what they are. If you, if you deny those, those three things, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're lost. And I know people listen to me on the internet, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. If you deny it, you're lost. See, most people are going to look at the resurrection this morning, and he rose again, and that's true. But they'll never bring the significance of that resurrection. You know what the resurrection is? It's a testimony to what he did three days later, earlier. See, if he never rose, then his death was useless. His suffering was useless. The price for sin was useless if he never rose again. But he did rise again. <laughs> To tell the world, I am the Messiah. I am the price that was paid for the sin. You come to me. All that he said, the Bible said, all that come unto me, I will no wise cast out. My Lord. You know what I take people I said, People say, well, that's too narrow-minded. I want my own choice. Well, you can have your own choice, but you ain't going to go to heaven. Huh? 
I want to do it my way. But do it your way. You're not going to heaven. I want to help God, you know. I know he's done, but I, I want to do this work to help save me. You can go ahead and do it. You're not going to go to heaven. Paul said it. He says, it's not through works which we have done. It's the grace of God. By grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Let any man should boast or brag. Uh, 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 I'm going to heaven because look, I do all this stuff. No, you're not going to heaven because you do all that stuff. You do all that stuff because you're going to heaven. <laughs> Come on, someone. <laughs> huh? <Yeah>? Us <laughs> is, is in trouble if we think we're going to get it like that. You know, I was preaching Thursday night. And I'll tell you what. Man, my eyes was, I don't know what it was. Man, the Holy Ghost was just there. I could feel it in my. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I don't want people to get tired of me repeating myself. So. Sometimes I say, well, God, I gave him the word of God. The Holy Ghost was there. But I left with it. I, I felt it. I was walking out the door. I could feel it. My eyes were like it was, they were light. I don't know if it feel like it's, I don't know, energy in my, my, my eyes. I mean, I could feel the, the presence of God. I mean, just, that's what I was talking about. It was like just, man, it was so real. Come on. You know, Jesus said that if you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. That's what the message was. Forgiving others. And he demanded us to forgive others. Till we, we're never going to experience that till we understand. I had to have a peace of God in my life before I came here, y'all. Before I come to be pastor. This, I told you that already. I had to know God's peace and forgiveness. And I, I felt it. I, I really felt it. I, I was so encouraged and energized. You know what I'm saying? I could run 100 miles. <laughs> well, no, I can't run 100 miles. <laughs> I could start. <laughs> it was just so good. I just thank God for it. And I... I believe the Holy Ghost is trying to teach you something. Christ gave you a great forgiveness. The resurrected Jesus offered you salvation. There's nothing to look back on, y'all. Seriously, I don't want to look back on this, the world. I don't want to look back and where I, I just want to go forward. I just want to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I got time to drag my feet in and get stuck in the mud. Hallelujah. I want to go. I want to move. I want to move. I want to move. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> I just want to go. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. I want to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you, I was excited. Y'all had to forgive me. I just, just enjoyed myself. I was feeling free. I was feeling at peace. I was feeling called. I was, whatever you want to call it. I was just having, a, I was just enjoying myself. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to read you one more verse, and I want to sing a song this morning, okay? Amen. God is a good God. Go back to you back. Go back to First Corinthians, real quick. Yeah, well, no. Let me read it. Y'all close. It. Trust me, it's in the Bible. Well, let me read. It. I have it written down. <laughs> you know, listen to, that, to, to some preachers, and they say, "Man, it's God is doing so good tonight." And oh, this morning, I said, "Man, what, a lot of preachers have a problem with that." You ever notice that? I said to myself, I was listening to him. I said, "Man, I do the same thing." I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm in the morning or the day. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. First Corinthians 5, 17. And if Christ be not risen, your faith is in vain. You're yet in your sin. Okay. Are you born again this morning? Have you trusted in the great sacrifice of the cross yes, yes. and what he did at Calvary? Yes. 
accept him, and repent it, then you're going to heaven. But can't you give me a, a, a promise note? Maybe, maybe something you could write me on a piece. Oh, I can't write that on a piece of paper. <laughs> I don't have a wand where I can. <laughs> it's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the salvation and, and cross. And I want to sing a song this morning. And you know, the gene came to say, hey, brother, you're going to sing that And I was thinking about doing that. I said, well, what the Holy Ghost is doing? He wants me to sing this song. I'm going to sing it. I'm the preacher. I can sing if I want. Right? <laughs> oh, I love this song. I, I learned this song years ago. And I, and I thank God. God is good. Amen. Gates and doors are barred, the windows fastened down. Spend the night in sleeplessness, rose to every sound. Fear and hopeless sorrow, fear of the day. Watch them soldiers coming off, drag us all away. Just before the sunrise, heard someone at the wall. Gate began to rattle, a voice began to call. Hurried to the window, looked into the street, expecting swords and torches, sound of soldiers' feet. No one there but Mary went to let her in. John stood beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said they moved them in the night. None of us knows where the stone is rolled away and his body isn't there. So we both ran toward the garden. John ran on ahead. We found the tone in the empty tomb just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheep they wrapped them in just an empty shell how where they've taken him was more than I could tell something strange had happened there just what I did not know John believed the miracle but I just turned to go circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high I saw them crucify him him die back into the house the guilt and anguish came everything I promised him sat it to my shame when at last it came to choices I denied I knew his name even if he was alive wouldn't be the same the room was filled with strange and sweet perfume light shined from everywhere drove shadows from the room Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide I fell down on my knees and clung to him and cried as he rose me to my feet I looked into his eyes Light shine out from him like sunlight from the sky. Guilt in my confusion disappeared in sweet release. Every fear I've ever felt 
just melted into peace. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. Let's give Jesus praise. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray with you before we leave this morning. I'm going to ask you to have a good day and remember our Lord today. Praise God. This is about him. Amen. I know the world today is getting drunk, doing things they're not supposed to be doing. But for us as believers, it is our faith in which we stand. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for what you've done this morning. I know by ourselves, Lord God, we're nothing. And without you, our faith is vain. <laughs> without you, nothing matters. Without what you did at Calvary and your great resurrection, there's no hope. Right now, Father, as we dismiss, I just pray, God, you would bless everyone here. Let them have a great resurrection day. And we give you all in praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.